It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with more money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Good afternoon, folks. This is Steve Moore. This is the More Money Show on WBC Talk Radio. Thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. This is always the highlight of my week to be able to talk to you about the financial conditions of the United States and how you can make more money. And I want to talk today a little bit about thoughts, a little bit about what's going on with uh, the most recent developments in the economy. I will, by the way, be taking your phone calls. I'm not taking any guests today because when I take guests, it doesn't leave me enough time to talk directly to you. As you all know, who are regulars, this is freedom of speech radio. I like to hear from people with all sorts of different views. Uh, and I will be respectful of people who have views that disagree. Um, by the way, I'm married to a woman who doesn't always agree with me. And so I can uh, take the criticism uh, but I hope that you will participate today because I have a couple of issues that I want to uh, hear from you about. Number one is I want to hear what you all think at this point of Donald J. Trump. Do you think that he should run for president? He's obviously announced that he is running. Um, a lot of my conservative friends, a lot of the big Republican donors do not want Trump to run. Uh, they see him as becoming a liability rather than an asset for the party. I work for Donald Trump, so I have a he has a special place in my heart. He's always been good to me. My view is that he was an excellent president. His policies, who could argue with his policies, right? His policies were very strong for the U.S. He put America first. He rebuilt the American economy, not just once, but twice. He rebuilt it from the shambles that he founded in uh, when he what he inherited from Barack Obama. Obama did the best he could, but it was not very good. The economy was was weak during economy during the eight years that uh, that uh, Barack Obama was president. Not strong. The economy was weak throughout. We had the weakest recovery from a, a recession ever under Barack Obama, and that weakness per really. Um, lasted for eight years. I think he's a good man. I just don't think his policies worked. Trump came in, rebuilt the economy, lowest unemployment rate ever, huge job growth, massive gains of income for blacks, whites, Hispanics, Asians, every group, single mothers. Uh, the poverty rate fell to its lowest level ever. ever. We were uh, independent in energy. We didn't have to go to OPEC for our oil. Um, so I'm a big fan of Donald Trump's policies. I don't like the trash talking sometimes he does when he talks about other Republican candidates, but I'm open-minded to it. And I'm not taking sides in this uh, 2024 upcoming uh, primary for the Republicans. I am a Republican. I did work for Donald Trump, uh, but I want to see how they all perform. I'm open-minded to anyone who can perform and, and put together a and articulate a strong Defense, a strong 
America, a strong American economy, a prosperous American economy where the middle class does not get squeezed. And, and we are, most of you who are listening to the show are members of the middle class. Eight of Americans are in the middle class. And we are feeling squeezed by the Biden inflation. We just got lousy numbers yesterday, folks. Another terrible report on inflation. Just when we thought we had turned the corner on inflation, we got uh, a report that puts us back on the path to six, seven, eight percent inflation for the year. So let's hope that we can see that subside because if the inflation doesn't come down, the Fed is going to have to raise interest rates again and again and again. They've already raised interest rates eight times. That's going to make consumer credit more expensive. That's going to make your mortgage more expensive. It's going to hurt the housing market. It's going to mean that prices continue to rise. Uh, I was talking to Larry Kudlow on his show previously, and he was talking about how uh, grocery prices are still rising by, you know, about 12 percent. That's not conquering inflation and that's not helping the middle class at all. So I want to ask you all about do you think Trump's the right guy this time? Uh, if you agree with that, I want to hear from you. If you if you think uh, Republicans have to turn to someone else, if you if you favor Joe Biden's reelection, I'd love to hear from you. Make the case. This is Freedom to Freedom of Speech Radio. This is, um, I'm going to give you that number again. Don't call, by the way, until the bottom of the hour. So wait till about 1.30, 1.35 p.m. And I'm going to take 20, 25 minutes taking your calls. I want to fit in as many as I can. And I'll say this again. I most like, I, I love to hear from everyone, but I do discriminate. I'm going to admit. I, I discriminate on this show. I like to take the women's calls, the ladies. I love to hear from women because they're the ones who pay the bills. They are the wisest and they are the swing voters in elections. Women are the one who decide the outcome of our elections. So if you, uh, if you are a woman and you're listening to this show, I don't care if you're a liberal, conservative, independent, libertarian, whatever you are, I would love to hear your voice as well. So I'm um, going to be excited about hearing from you. I always say I have the one thing I'm proud of. I feel that the More Money Show has the wisest, smartest audience on radio. And I believe that. And I know that because we get so many intelligent commentary from people who call in every week. So we'll be getting to your calls. I want to, uh, before we get to that, and before we get to the pains, we're going to talk about the financial situation uh, in the new uh, news this week on uh, the stock market and bonds and interest rates. I wanted to tell you about something that I'm extraordinarily excited about because I sometimes I can be negative about what's going on in the country, but there is a trend that I think is really important and really positive and has a can have a profound impact on the future of this great country of ours. And what I'm talking about is there's a movement afoot in America, and it is lively, and it is spreading throughout the country from in almost all of the red states, not the blue states, unfortunately. I wish it was happening in the blue states, but it is happening in the 23 red states where you have a Republican governor, a Republican Senate, and a Republican House at the state level. And what I'm talking about is school choice, giving kids an opportunity to go to the school that best is tailored to their needs. There's too many failing schools in this country that are engaged in almost child abuse. And I'm going to give you some examples of what I'm talking about here. If you get our Committee to Unleash 
uh, Prosperity Hotline, and I hope you do. By the way, go to Committee to Unleash Prosperity website. Just go Committee to Unleash Prosperity. Sign up for the hotline. We send out out a week. It is free. I'm not selling you folks anything. I don't want to make money off you. I want to make you smarter. And I want to make you more conversant issues of the day. So get the Committee to Unleash Prosperity hotline. We will email it to you five mornings a week. It costs you nothing. Uh, give us your email. We'll start getting it to you in a week. Uh, if you don't like it, you can just unsubscribe. But I think you will like it. Newt Gingrich told me the other day, it's the first thing he reads every morning. Talk to others who say this is the caffeine in the morning. That they, uh, that they get a lift from. So I think you'll enjoy it. But in any case, for those of you who do read our hotline, you know we've been talking about the dismal, dismal test scores and proficiency ratings of our schools today. And I want to give you two examples. I'm going to give you three, actually, that are heartbreaking. Because look, if our kids aren't learning things, if they don't know if they're not learning how to learn, if they're not becoming, if we're not turning them into intelligent adults, what is that going to mean about the economic future of our country? We have to compete against the Europeans. We have to compete against China, Japan, Mexico, all these countries. We need the smartest and most skilled and talented people in the world here. Now, we can import a lot of talented people, but we need homegrown Americans. American ingenuity. And I've got to tell you, what is happening in our public schools today is an atrocity. It's an atrocity. And let me give you these examples. First of all, you may have seen that the test scores came out. The National NAEP, it's called, NASMET, of how our kids are doing at various grade levels. And what those test scores showed, they just came out last month, nationwide, that America's test scores are lower today for our kids than any time in at least 30 years and maybe ever. The tests only go back 30 years. I can't say, I can't compare with how they were in the 1960s. But for those of you who are older, I went to the school in the 1960s. The The schools were better back then in the 1960s than they are today. Isn't that terrible? That 60 years later, our schools are are worse, they should be better. Um, So we have the lowest test scores for our kids in the public schools in at least 30 years. I think that's prima facie evidence that our schools are not working. But here are even two more distressing anecdotes. Number one, in Baltimore, there are now 30 schools in Baltimore where not one single child, not one, can pass a grade level proficiency in reading. Not one kid out of the thousands is being taught how to read at grade level. That's not a high bar to cross. I'm not saying they're not exceptional. I'm saying they can't even do the most basic reading skills. Now, here's the second statistic related to that. It's also true that in most of those schools, there's not a single child that is proficient in math. <laughs> How are they going to be able to perform as adults if they can't do math and if they are not up to speed reading? What are we doing here? Are we, are we training a, a generation of imbeciles? It's not their fault. It's the fact that we subject them to schools that don't work. Now, when I talk about this, many of our readers from our, around the country said, well, you think it's bad in Baltimore? Look at it in my city. And so I had some friends who 
some information about what's going on in Chicago. I'm, I'm from Chicago, so it has a special place in my heart. There are 52 schools in the state of Illinois. 52. Same thing. Not a single child is up to uh, proficiency level reading or math. This is heartbreaking, folks. This is abuse of our children. We should shut down those schools. We should lock the doors and never let the children, force the children back into those schools. Now, what do we do instead? I'll tell you what we do. We allow, we give a voucher to the parents, let the children, let, let the parents decide what schools they, their kids are going to learn the most from. Now that might be a Montessori school. It might be a Jewish school. It might be a Catholic school. It might be a charter school. Let's, it might be an art school. It might be a math school. It might be a science school. Every child is different. I have five sons. I, uh, I know that every one of them is very different in their skill set and in their interests and in their proficiency and in what they excel at. Let's tailor the curriculum of the schools to our children. Let's not warehouse our kids in these god-awful schools that the government has created. So I am a huge advocate of school choice. How about this? I know many of you listen to the show are in New York. Why don't we have school choice in New York? Why don't we let the money follow the parents, not the damn teachers unions? Because what they're doing is they're not teaching our kids. My friend, one of my friends from Philadelphia was telling me that the average test score for the teachers, not for the children, for the teachers, the average SAT score is 800. That means a lot of the teachers can't read or do math. So what are we doing to our kids, folks? This is a crisis. We'll talk about that in the second half of the show. I want your comments about two things. What can we do to improve our schools, number one? And number two, what is your current opinion about Donald Trump? Should he be the next president of the United States? I'm Steve Moore. This is the More Money Show on WABC Talk Radio. We'll be right back. WABC. This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. This is the More Money Show on WABC Talk Radio. It's time for our money and finance section where we talk to two of the best in the business, Ryan and uh, Bob Payne of Payne Capital Management. Gentlemen, thanks so much for Joining this afternoon again, as usual, let's get right down to it because it was such a busy week in the financial markets. Uh, it was a down week for sure. We got some numbers on the inflation rate that were disappointing for sure for investors. I wonder, Ryan, how much we should be worried about that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a concern for sure. Um, you know, I think what the street is looking for, what Wall Street's looking for is to start seeing that inflation abate even more. And they had the personal consumption expenditures mm-hmm. price index, say that two times fast. Um, yeah. that's, the, that's the Fed's preferred measure of inflation that came out on Friday. And it was up more than expected, you know, 4.7% from a year right. ago. And, you know, economists and strategists were expecting a little lower number. Right. But I think, you know, stubborn inflation is different, Steve, than inflation that's that's going up or that's not going to go down. And we got to put it in perspective. You know, inflation last summer was at 9%. We know last week that the, the core uh, or CPI or the headline CPI 
was mm-hmm. down to over 6%. So, I mean, I think it's like, you know, maybe we're not winning the battle, but we're certainly winning the war on inflation. I think that's an important perspective to take here. You know, I was looking at uh, two or three of the major, um, what I like to look at in terms of lead indicators, uh, Bob, of where inflation is headed. And I looked at uh, the commodity index, which has really been pretty flat and actually falling a little bit over recent months, which would not signal high inflation. In fact, it would signal a, you know, a decline in the inflation rate. And I also looked at the gold price and the gold price has been pretty steady. In fact, slightly negative since the start of the year and look at the tip spread, which is kind of the market's best forecast where inflation is headed. And that's at, of it, I think about 2.6%. So, um, those seem to suggest that inflation is taming, not getting worse. No, I think you're right about that. And I think the commodity market is something that you and I both follow very closely, and especially energy prices, which they were down this week. And if you think about it, I mean, anything that has to do with inflation has to do with energy, right? Like whether you get right. goods or services, you know, things are shipped uh-huh. on trucks. Um, you know, factories need, uh, they have an energy bill as well. Um, so I think, you know, the bottom line is if you look out into the future, um, you're dead right about that. I mean, it really looks like inflation is probably coming down. And I think one of the bigger components when you look at that consumer price index is real estate. And it's a lag in the number. And unless you're living under a rock, man, oh, man, you know, if you look at what's happened in the real estate market, it's it's dead right now. Right. With uh, with mortgage rates at six and a half percent, it's come to a screeching halt. And that hasn't been factored into the numbers yet. And when it does, that's probably going to push those inflation numbers down even further. So uh, with these uh, rise in rates, I think the Fed has now raised rates uh, eight or nine times and expected to raise rates again at their next meeting. Um, That obviously is going to hurt housing because mortgage rates will potentially continue to rise. Uh, What what kind of invest what how does this change your investment portfolio when you're looking at a um, an environment ahead that's signaling higher uh, interest rates. Well, I think the impetus here is you got to get invested, right? You need to grow your money over inflation because I don't think inflation's going away. I think it will come down further here, but it's not like the yeah. last 10 years when we had like no inflation. Right. So, right. you know, I, I think it is really important that you're not sitting in cash here, um, you know, sitting on your thumbs, wondering what's going to happen next. I think, you know, the, the important component here is you got to fight inflation. And, and I even look at the stock market last year, you know, the market didn't do that well. But dividend yields went up. You had more cash flow being paid out on stocks than you've ever had in history. Um, In fact, you know, dividends increased by something like over 6% last year. They beat out inflation. And if you Mm -hmm. look at cash flow again this year uh, from stocks, it should be very, very good. So I I think the important point here is, or the strategy here is get invested, don't wait. If you're going to grow your money over inflation, you can't sit in cash. Um, or at least move it to a money market fund that's paying you more than like a percentage point because the banks don't want to do that for you, I can promise you. I was looking at the uh, return by industries, and we've talked about this in the past, that um, in the last year or so, the big performing stocks were uh, basically the um, the energy companies like Exxon and Chevron and ConocoPhillips and others, especially in the oil and gas industry, which is kind of surprising because Biden doesn't like those industries too much. But um, 
What do you think is the next? And then housing did well last year. It hasn't been off to a great start this year. What do you see as the industries that will really perform uh, in 2023 and 2024? Yeah, I think energy is still a great place to be. I mean, if you look at it, energy demand is going up, not down, no matter what the Biden administration tells you. Um, you know, we're going to be very, very uh, energy dependent on fossil fuels, traditional energy sources for you know at least another decade. Um, and if you look at energy companies, they're running lean and mean now. Uh, they paid great dividends. Mm-hmm. Again, cash flow is king. So I think that's a great place to be. And talking about financials. Well, yeah, they're only paying you a very low interest rate on your money, but they're lending that money out at much higher rates now. They make money on that net interest margin, margin spread. And if the economy is, is not slowing down, it doesn't look like it is, um, banks should be a great place to be. And you, know, you and I have talked about this before, but the global markets, which do just as well as U.S. markets over time, uh, are trading a lot cheaper right now. And I think the one, you know, the one thing we can't not talk about is China is reopening. That's the second largest mm-hmm. economy in the world, and they like to spend money, right. too. I know it's hard to believe. Right. And they've got about $2 trillion of stimulus to spend, and everybody benefits from that. The U.S. benefits from that. If you're a multinational in Europe, you benefit from that. So having a global portfolio, I think, is going to be really important. And again, dividend yields are better overseas as well. So you get that cash flow when you have a global portfolio. You can't just think domestically. Talking to Ryan Payne of Payne Capital Management, this is the More Money Show, on WBC Talk Radio. Ryan, uh, typically I, my uh, uh, stock managers tell, you know, uh, like to follow the rule of 60-40, 60% stocks and 40% bonds. Is that, and that's been the traditional rule of thumb. Uh, is that what you advise for your clients these days? Well, I think it's got to be based on your goals specifically because let's, if you're retired now and let's say you've saved you know, a fair amount of money, maybe you don't need a lot of risk in your portfolio. Maybe you can have 50% in bonds as opposed to 60% in stocks. So I think the important you know, part of that allocation has to do with where your goals are. And the good news is right now, you're getting great returns in both places. Stocks are paying attractive dividends. Valuations are reasonable. But now you can actually get a yield on a bond. You know, a one-year right. treasury now pays 5%. So the bond market looks great as well. So you can get a return from both bonds and stocks. I think that mix and this is what we do with our financial master plan, is just determining, you know, based on your goals, your needs, how much risk you actually need. Like Shaquille O'Neal once was interviewed, and they asked him, you know, Shaquille, how do you invest your money? He said, 100% in treasury bills. And the interviewer <laughs> said, why? He's like, I don't need the risk. I'm rich. So <laughs> I think the important component there is you need to take the risk that you need to take to get to your goals. And that's going to be a little bit different for everybody, but make it goal-based. Is my, yeah, if you uh, want to get rich, you're going to have to there. take some risks, right? That's right. <laughs> you know, we're, we're not all rich. We're inspiring to be rich. Uh, last <laughs> thing, we got about 90 seconds left here uh, for this segment. Um, the uh, your your uh, philosophy is be bullish. That's one of the reasons I love having you on this sh- show because you're an optimist. But I've got to say that my listeners have tended to turn somewhat bearish uh, in the last few months. So. Tell, tell us in uh, 75 seconds why it is this is still a good time to be bullish on the American economy. All right. I'm a simple man. And look at it this way. We have a labor <laughs> shortage in this country. Yeah. Um, so that means labor is going to stay tight. Wages are going to keep going up. And if people's wages are still going up, they're going to spend money. And based on what you and I just said, even though short term inflation is ticked up here a little bit, inflation is probably coming down over the course of the next couple of months. So if we've got a strong consumer, inflation going down, 
That's a recipe for a relatively strong economy. You heard it here first, and that's the reason why I get invested today. It pays to be an optimist here. That's Ryan Payne from Payne Capital Management. Great to be with you. We will be right back. This is the More Money Show on WABC Talk Radio. This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. This is the More Money Show. I am now going to turn to your calls. Uh, for those just joining, I want you to call in if you uh, feel inclined to do so. This is Freedom of Speech Radio, so I want people from all different perspectives. From an eight, I like to take the calls from the ladies more than the men. So sue me if you don't like that policy. But I uh, appreciate all the people who call in. I always say we have the smartest audience in the country, so uh, your voice needs to be heard. Uh, the 800 number, by the way, for the More Money Hotline is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222. Um, if you're a new caller, if you've never called in before, please tell the uh, the receptionist that, uh, that you're a new caller because I want to hear from voices um, that are... Uh, new because I want to get a wide range of opinions. So the two subjects I want to ask you all about today are number one, what do you think about Donald Trump running for president? Um, are you for that or are you against that? And I want to hear uh, a, a logical argument for why you think he's not the right man to run for the Republicans or why you think he is. Uh, and then the second subject is I am extraordinarily concerned about the condition of our schools in this country, and they're getting worse and worse and worse. By the way, we're paying in many cities like New York $30,000 or more per student. Think about that. That's 30000 Let's say you've got a class with 20 kids, $30,000 times 20, that's $600,000 per classroom? Don't you think they would be able to teach reading and writing and keep discipline and teach people the basics, our kids, with $600,000? They're not doing it. They're failing. Our kids are being failed by the schools. The kids aren't failing. The schools are and the teachers unions are. And so I want to hear as angry as I am about this because I'm a school choice guy. I want, to, I want the dollars to, to follow the kids so that Every child in America can get not just an average or a mediocre education, but a great education. I send my two um, stepsons who were in high school to a Catholic school, and I got to tell you, it has been amazing what uh, this school has done for them in terms of turning them into uh, young adults that I'm going to be very proud of. Uh, all right, well, let's get to the phone lines right away then. Mr. Producer, who is our first caller? Our first caller is Tony from Clifton. Tony, thanks for calling in, sir. What have you got for us today? So, Tony is a woman. Steve, <laughs> I'm Tony oh, Marie. Tony, is it T-O-N-I? T-O-N-I, yes. Yes, sir. T-O-N-I, I, I apologize. Tony, thanks for calling. What do you got for us? So listen, I believe that our country school system has been going down the tubes, I think, either a voucher system or um, some kind of system needs to be there because, first of all, they're not getting the education and history on our country. Uh, and so we have a lot of young people here who 
don't have that sense of country. And it's almost like when we were first colonies and we needed George Washington, who did it, to unify us. So we need a school system that is based on we're the United States, we have a constitution, and if it's public school and you don't want to do that, then the school doesn't get the funding. I love it. Hey, Tony, I I think that is an excellent point. You know, I am so disgusted with what they're teaching our kids. Folks, if you have kids that are in grade school or high school, take a moment and read what their their textbooks and, and, and what they're learning in the schools. They're learning that America is a terrible country. If you read the textbooks, the history books, they don't learn history. They learn that America is responsible for all the problems in the world. Now, we're, are we, are we uh, you know, blameless? No. But this is the greatest country on earth. We're the least racist country on earth. But they're not learning that. And I'm sorry. When I see, uh, you know, a third grader uh, learning about, you know, they're showing pictures in the civics books about two men having sex. I mean, I don't even want a man. I'm seeing pictures of a man and a woman having sex. And what is this? What kind of an education are we providing our kids when we're putting political correctness ahead of learning the basics? So, Tony, great call. Let's turn. By the way, that I want to make sure that, that you know we have one or two lines still open. It's 1-800-848-9222. If you're a teacher, I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear what you think we should be doing to improve our schools, because this is a national crisis, folks. Wake up. We can't allow this to go on for one more year where our kids' test scores fall further and further and further every year. Okay, Mr. Producer, who is our next caller? Our next caller is Jim from Manhattan. Jim. Jim, thanks for calling. What do you got? Hello, Mr. Moore. You know, I think the goal in 24 has to be to beat Biden and get rid of these sick extremist Democratic policies. And So how most- do we do that? Uh, Jim, how do we do it? Well, all the political analysts and polls I've seen say Biden is very beatable, but among yes. Republicans, Trump is the most likely to lose. Now, I could vote so for Trump, you, but I don't do want to believe that. Jim, do you believe that? Yes, I do. I think with his mouth and his conduct, like on January 6th, okay. there's enough voters who won't vote for him. I would vote, vote for him, for but that's why I don't want him to run. I'd so like who to would Jim? OK, Jim, that's a great point. Uh, I hear you loud and clear. That's a uh, point that I hear articulated a lot. lot. I respect your opinion. So my question for you, and I've only got uh, 15 seconds because I've got to turn to other callers. Who would you like to see if it's not going to be Donald Trump? DeSantis is half Hispanic and could bring in huge numbers of Hispanics to the Republicans and create a new coalition. And he comes off very well. He seems like a good guy to me. Okay, Jim, great call. This is why I take your calls, folks, because you guys have great insights. I think you're on to something there, Jim. You know, uh, Ron DeSantis won a majority of the Hispanic vote in Florida. If we can get 40 percent, and I am a Republican, and I know we have a lot of Democrat listeners, and I'd like to hear from you all as well. But as a Republican, I know this. If we can get 40 to 50 percent of the Hispanic vote, we will win almost every election everywhere. So great call, Jim. Uh, That 1-800 number, I want to hear from you on two subjects. One, do you agree with Jim that we have to put Donald Trump aside, or do you want to see Donald Trump be the nominee? And number two, what do we do about our failing schools? I say the money should Follow the students, not the teachers' unions. Who is our next caller, Mr. Producer? Our next caller is Pamela from Central Jersey. Pamela, thank you so much for calling. What have you got for us today? 
Yeah, the person I'm going to vote for doesn't need any apologies, and I already know he can run the country and bring it back from its uh, death, and that's Trump. He doesn't need any apologies, <laughs> and he and he doesn't yeah. accept any big donors because he doesn't want to owe them, which I love. So us okay. little people donate to him. Good point. So, Pamela, uh, first of all, thank you very much for calling. It's a great, great point, and, and you warm my heart when you say that because you know I work for Donald Trump. I I agree with you. I think he was a great president in so many ways, and he did make America number one, and he did put America first, and I don't think Joe Biden does that. So my question for you, Pamela, if I may, is we just had Jim call in, and Jim said he doesn't think Donald Trump can win. What do you say to that? Uh, Most of the polls are purposely wrong. He is winning already, and I want a, a sure thing. He is a sure thing. And you know what? DeSantis can come later. Four years okay. of Trump, eight years yeah. of DeSantis. Pamela, I love you. Thanks so much for calling. Couldn't say it better, my friend. Uh, wonderful call. Who uh, That one 800 number, I want to hear from you all. Do you agree with Pamela? I think she's got a lot going for her, although Jim makes a good point that the polls are showing Trump can't win. I want to hear from you. 1-800-848-9222. Mr. Producer, who is our next caller? Our next caller is Tim from Queens. I'm sorry, did you say Tim? Tim, yes, Tim. Oh, yes. Sir, what have you got for us? Uh, Yeah, hi. Well, uh, first of all, great show. I love the idea of free speech radio for listening to people that even even if you don't agree with them. We need more of that in this country. Yeah, we sure um, do, don't we? You're right. You know that, what? Most people just hear it, listen to people who they agree with. I love it when people call in and disagree with me because I want to be respectful. That's not happening today in America. So that great point. But what, what else is going on with you? I guess, I guess that's a good segue because I'm going to disagree. Um, <laughs> your okay. last caller, I, I could not disagree with her more. Okay. I mean, look, I wore, I wore the red cat. I wore the Make America Great Again hat. Yep. I was a Trump supporter for yep. for a time. Yep. Yes, I do. I do agree with his some of his policies, but right. I finally realized that the man is mentally disturbed. And I'm not uh-huh. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not saying it as hyperbole. Uh-huh. The man is literally mentally disturbed and he doesn't belong back in the White House. So I don't think he can win. And I, it's time for conservatives to say, you okay. know what? Enough already. This guy's okay. crazy. Yeah, we so, did things we love, but it's enough. Right. Tim, okay, so good, good point. Um, so, uh, first question is, do you how, how do you think uh, of the job that Trump did as president? I think Trump could have been one of our greatest presidents of all time if it wasn't for the fact that he's a narcissist. And if he had thrown <laughs> away his Twitter, if yep. he had thrown away his phone, yep. and if he had acted I, like a halfway yep. normal human being, yep. he would have been reelected in a landslide. You know what, Tim, um, I, someone who worked with Donald Trump, you know, fairly closely when he was in the White House and has been in the Oval Office with him, what you said, there's so much wisdom with, to what you just said. Um, what his record, the, the things that he was doing were just so spectacular. I mean, for and he challenged the conventional wisdom. He did try to drain the swamp and return the power to the people, but I think, Tim, you're on to something. Donald Trump, and I say this with all great respect because I know half our listeners love Trump, but half of them hate Trump. Uh, he is his own worst enemy. He really is. And I think you're you're spot on correct. And the question is, could he, has he learned from his mistakes? I don't know the answer to that question, but it's a really great point. Okay, thanks for the call. Uh, Mr. Producer, I think we've got time for 
couple more quick ones, if we may. So who do we have on the line next? Next on the line is Judy from NYC. Judy, we've only got about two and a half minutes left. So quickly, what is your opinion? Uh, my opinion would be that if Donald Trump uh, could use a team approach showcasing yep. all of the uh, Republican candidates that have so much to offer and right. offer a cabinet approach uh, yes. that he could win. So uh, great point, Judy. Thank you for calling. Um, I, I agree. We've, You know, one thing about I'm going to say this, and I'm a partisan Republican, although I'm not a rah-rah Republican. Sometimes I blame Republicans for our problems, for sure. But, um, you know, one thing I'll say is Republicans have one hell of a, a bench. You know, you look at the governors, you look at the Ron DeSantis's and the Greg Abbott of Texas, look at Kim Reynolds. Keep an eye on Kim Reynolds of Iowa. She's like a Republican Margaret Thatcher. She passed school choice. She cut taxes. I could go on down the line. Governor Stitt in Oklahoma, Governor Lee of Tennessee, really outstanding people. Kemp in um, in Georgia. So good point. You know, let's I'm for putting all the people on the stage like we did in 2000. 16 and may the best man or woman win. I think we got time for one or two more really quick ones. Producer, who we got next? Next is Eduardo calling all the way from Chicago. <laughs> Eduardo, you're calling from my hometown of Chicago. Thanks very much for calling in, sir. Yeah, frequent listener of Dan and Amy uh, when you call in on Wednesday. Oh, Look, yeah, on WIND Radio. Well, thank you so yep. much. For, how, are you, how are you listening to the show on, online or how do you get the show? On iHeart, on iHeart. On iHeart, well, fantastic. So glad you're listening. Yeah. So, so Tim, we're running out Tim of time. Is, what do we got? What, what's your opinion? Yeah, Tim and Jim are right. Uh, Ron DeSantis is going to be the one that's going to win because he's going to be talking about the issues. If it's somebody else like yeah. Trump, they're going to do it on the personality. He, yeah. Mr. DeSantis should announce that there's going to be vouchers for everyone. doesn't matter who you, who you are. Everyone should get vouchers. So you can go to all the school you want to go to. Yes. You mean, are you talking about the schools, did you say? I, I couldn't quite hear the end of what you just said, Eduardo. I guess we, we lost Eduardo. I, I couldn't quite hear the end of his point, but it's so glad. Isn't this great that we have we have listeners from all over the country? Okay, I'm going to try to squeeze one in. I know we only have 90 seconds left. Mr. Producer, who was our last caller for the day? Julie from Staten Island. Julie, we literally have 30 seconds, so thanks for calling. Uh, Very hi, quickly, Steve. what's your opinion? Hey, Steve, Steve, they're all all walking up the wrong tree. They're feeding into the left what they fed us, all the lies. DeSantis, they're going to go after him even worse than Trump. They're going to lie about him even worse than Trump. Yep. Trump, he was a great president. Judy, do you like DeSantis? Do you like DeSantis? Do you like DeSantis? DeSantis, but not now. Not now. He's got his time down the road. I'm from Donald J. Trump. He was the greatest president we've had since Ronald Reagan. Oh, okay. All right. Judy, great call. By the way, I think we are uh, tied today. I think we had three callers who were for Trump, three were against him. Let's just let them duke it out. Let's let the process work. This is a great country. Democracy works. Uh, We are the greatest country on earth. We are going to return to prosperity because our prosperity has disappeared. Joe Biden's anti-America policies. Folks, thanks for listening. Have a great weekend, and I will see you next week on the More Money Show on WABC Talk Radio.